Oh, God. Hello, friends. Welcome to Mavs Moneyball After Dark. This is Kirk Henderson, Editor-in-Chief of MavsMoneyBall.com. Tonight, I'm joined by Matthew Phillips, and we are getting together after the Dallas Mavericks lost yet another home game, or road game, falling to 1-8 and eight on the road, 10-11 and 11 to the season, this time to the Detroit Pistons. The I think they're the worst team in the East. I'm going to go double-check this. No, second worst team in the league uh, East. Well, but that's after they won. <laughs> so, uh, c- congratulations, Dallas Mavericks. You now have a another worst loss of the season contender, and they've only played twenty one total games. Matthew, what's going on? Uh, just trying to figure this out, and it's it's not good. This is a disappointing game. <laughs> it's, I mean, I don't I don't even really know where to start. It's just there's so much wrong with this game. So I will I will let you decide where we start, and then we'll go from well, there. Well, well, well. So I'm not mad. Like this is one of those where it's funny. I jokingly told Isaac Harris that I'd come on locked on, um, and somebody just replied and said, "Have Kirk on. His demeanor is perfect for where this team is." And you know, Josh and I talked about this after the Warriors win. That Warriors win was really fun, but it fixed nothing. Where what the Mavericks had, like the 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 kind of decision right now most teams are making is to sort of send, let Luka do stuff for a while and then so, send doubles at him in the fourth quarter because no one else in the team can do anything. And for anybody who didn't watch, the Mavericks were basically behind double digits to the Detroit Pistons for the entire second half, which was really gross and disgusting because the Pistons are stinky. They're not necessarily, like they're tanking, but it's like organic because they're bad. Um and then just by hook or by crook, kind of Christian Wood helped will, will them back into the game. Luka Doncic made, missed a pair of free throws, then sank a three. Like it was very much like a, a, a Pistons collapse in um, the last few minutes of, of um, like re- regulation. Sorry, my brain's not functioning. And then in overtime, they just got whooped. Uh, despite going up, that's what's ridiculous. Like at one point, they were up, I want to say, by six, and they lost anyways. And the, like the, the Pistons scored 131 points on them in 53 minutes of game action. The Pistons, they scored 38 in the second in the third quarter. This team is so bad defensively. Nothing that they're doing is working. And the real rub of this is it, it's like when you kind of peel back the layers, there's Luca doing stuff. Luca had 35, 5, and 10, uh, along with three steals. And then you know, Spencer Dinwiddie probably played his worst game in a long time as a Maverick, just was really not functional. Dorian Finney-Smith is is kind of the, the canary in the coal mine to me because we have 20 games of him being incredibly meh. And it's, you know, it's his, his, his base stats look fine. 9.1 points, 4.3 rebounds. Um, but his defense is atrocious. Uh, it's, it's just not been very good. And then you you pair that with Bullock, and he and Bullock were what worked together, and now nothing's working. They play Josh Green, uh, but even tonight, like Josh Green played 15 minutes. Josh Green didn't play bad enough to warrant 15 minutes of play compared to what the other guys did. Like, what is Josh, going on? To to show an example of how much they don't want to play Green on the last position of regulation in a must stop position for Ooh. whatever reason, the Mavs kept Tim Hardaway Jr. on the court instead of Josh Green. Like, you can convince me of a lot of things, but in a one position, we need to stop. We're tied. Why, in the name of all that is holy, is Tim Hardaway Jr. on? Like, are you – if our if our coach who is in charge of this, if in his evaluation 
Tim Hardaway Jr. is a better option on a must-stop defensive position where offense does not matter because the Mavs still had a timeout. They could have called a timeout and changed if they if they wanted to run an offensive set. If for some reason Detroit was dumb enough to to get a shot off early, that right. is. That is not only an issue on Tim. That that is that's a coaching issue. Well, like, I mean, I've, I've, I've been beating around issue. this for a while. I've been beating around this for a while. Jason Kidd is not the coach for this team. It's going to take them the entire season to realize it, and maybe into next season. Because yeah. I keep thinking the Mavericks will pull out of this tailspin just because I think they sort of have to. Like they just can't keep playing this mediocre lead. But like Kidd is not the coach for this team. They don't run yeah. an offense. Their defense doesn't work. He doesn't look like he does much. I'm sorry. I'm tired of beating was- around the bush with it. it. It's it's not it. I can't wait to see whatever passive aggressive horseshit he says in the post game. You know, there was there's always hilarious. something. There was a pretty hilarious moment in the game where Derek Harper is when he's like, somebody's got a lot of fire under this team. Somebody's got to get it going. Got to get him going. Somebody's got a lot of fire. And they pan to the coach. They pan to Coach Kidd on the camera, and he's just sitting on the on his chair with his hands in his pockets. And yeah. I'm like, that's that is that sums it up. Um, the way what I would think sums up this team is that there's an old saying: you hope for the best and prepare for the worst. Sure. I feel like the Mavs have done the absolute opposite of that. They have prepared for the best and just prayed the worst didn't happen. Because if everything went right, they still would have been fine. That, but for everything to go right, it has to be. The role players have to be hitting shots. Like Bullock and Finney Smith have to be shooting 40% on threes. Dinwiddie has to still be mini Steph Curry. And Christian Wood has to have found his home after his eighth team. If all of that stuff happens and JaVale McGee has the best season of his career at 35 years old, like if all of that stuff had gone well, then, hey, yeah, all of this stuff could have worked out. And, you know, when, when Dinwiddie plays, you know, they have when he plays well, they have two playmakers and they can make it work because of how great Luka is. But they have no they have no contingency plan if anything goes wrong. Like they have no, hey, you know, what if playing 40 minutes a night and running around all the time and doing and being asked to do so much during the playoffs, what if that results in Reggie and Dorian coming back a little slowly? Like they're both a little yeah. uh, Dorian's not as famously a slow starter as Bullock, but if you look, Dorian's also a slow starter for his career. But what what if, you know, that incredible workload in the playoffs, what if it results in you know, them coming back a little slower than normal. And, you know, what if Reggie doesn't get going until January instead of December? What if, what if Dorian slipped? There's no answer. I mean, in theory, it's Josh Green developing, which, to be honest, this has been a Josh Green development year. I need some of the people that are that are super pro Josh Green to calm down a little bit, pretending like he is just the second coming of anything. But this, this has is, been yeah. a good developmental year, and it's exciting. Like, I, I like Green. Uh, you've seen some of the arguments I've had in this sure. game where, like, I was taking up for Green. Like, I... I, I like Green. I like the developmental path he's on. I can see good things for him. But let's let's not pretend that a guy averaging seven points a game is, you know, just an amazing, like, end of the world greatest thing ever. And then the next thing with the coaching, put somebody who can do something with it in the short roll when they tra- when they trap. Like, when they're trapping Luca, and I know it looks bad for Maxi, you know, how things went from there and everything, but 
Maxi is who he is. We we've yep. seen years and years and years of Maxi. Maxi can knock down open threes. Maxi played the best defensive game of the season tonight. Uh, he was a little bit like a cartoon character um, in that he was just plugging holes in a boat with his fingers, and there just kept being more holes than he could plug. But Maxi individually played a fantastic defensive game tonight. Um, I've been a little worried about his defense this year, but I thought he looked really good on that end, and he made some threes. But asking Maxi to be a guy who catches the ball with a live dribble at twenty feet and then makes a play to get somebody else an open look. If he could do that, he'd be a superstar given all the other stuff. I, I don't know, man. It's four on three. This is simple basketball. I just, I don't know if I agree. I I, I, mean, I, I I get that, but that's not, but you can put somebody else who can, you know who I know can do something from there? Christian Wood, Spencer Dinwiddie. Like those guys can win for it. Maybe not tonight for Dinwiddie because I'm not real sure what was going on with him. But it's very obvious that you need to put somebody who can do something with a live dribble from there. Let them screen for Luca. Like it doesn't have to be Maxi, who when he gets there just freezes. Yeah. And also, I would point out that Tim Hardaway Jr. cutting to the rim at the end. Uh, it is not a mistake ever to cut to the rim when it is open. Uh, ever was he was wide pass. open. All Maxi had to do was pass him the ball. That was just a like, bad pass from Maxi. But it's just horrendous. It, it's hilarious to me because we saw Wood be successful doing it. And I really think that at this point, we're to a point where Kid is cutting off his nose despite his face in that I think he wants Wood to be bad because he said all along Wood is going to be bad. And so he wants the Mavericks to be unsuccessful when Wood's on the court to be proven right, which is stupid because if it, anytime the Mavs are unsuccessful, that reflects poorly on Kid. Well, to, to harken back to your Josh Green point, I keep pissing people off when I'm talking about Green, but like Green taking a step forward while the rest of the Mavericks take a step backward is bad. That is the, that is the, the crux of things, where if we're getting this Josh Green with what the Mavericks, if, if everybody kind of came in looking, let's just say within a range of how they looked by the end of last season, this team is winning seven more games than they have this year. Because what Josh Green gives them in that 15 to 20 minutes is very, very productive. And I, I just, you know, I, I had a guy, I got into a little bit of an argument on Twitter tonight and, and somebody basically responded because I'm trying to explain to people, I need you to go check out other teams' starting lineups. It is not normal to have guys that finish games with, uh, let's see here, let's go through the Mavs starters. You have Dorian with six, Powell with seven, Dinwiddie with two. Tim Hardaway with 26, which frankly is an outlier game for Tim. And then Luca with 35. When you go through and look at what other teams do on average, you have the Suns who have Booker with 30, DeAndre Ayton 17, Miles Bridges 16, Cameron Bain 13, uh, Cam Johnson 13, Chris Paul 9.5. Like you have a team effort. Okay. The Boston Celtics are kind of the outlier, really good example, but hell, even like Will, like, like the, um, the Pelicans, Zion 23, Ingram 21, CJ McCollum 19, Troy Murphy, the third 13, Jonas Valanciunas 13. Like there is a balanced effort going on here. So like Josh Green being the fourth best player, which he might be, he might be the third best player right now is really horrendous for Dallas because he doesn't make many statistical contributions. Now, then your next comment, you know, everybody that really is on me about this is, well, he needs more minutes. He absolutely needs more minutes. That is not the question. Absolutely. It, absolutely. It's, it's, it's that they are taking a step back because he is the only one who's taking a step or not because he he's, he's not why they're taking a step forward. It's like, it's just a mess. Like I want to be able to celebrate his victories, but I can't when I'm losing to the fucking Pistons. I don't care. I don't care about his development. 
I care about in, in relation to the Mavericks losing. Okay. I want to see them winning. I want to see hard. Like I want to see all this stuff and there's just nothing to see here. Like watching these games is a chore because the Mavericks have a bunch of guys that are look unmotivated and can't do anything. I mean, there were, there was a segment tonight, like Jason Kidd needs to have his head examined because there were lineups tonight. I, I tweeted this out. Brian Zillum pointed this out. Um, there was uh where in the hell it was a defensive like three something that just the yeah who all, who all was that I I'm looking I for it, in it, my, was, it I think it was Bertans Wood and Hardaway all out there together it was Bertans like, Hardaway and Powell yeah that's unplayable from a three like that that three man like you could have Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen and they that you know and Dikembe or Dikembe Mutombo I like what are we doing. Like that—that's not a thing. He, the, these lineups, and these rotations, are a mess. Which also a lot of the deal for the the Mavs think they are better than they are. Like at some point, no, you know. Well, Bill Parcells. I mean, I don't want to cross sports, but he was famous for saying, "You know, you are who your record says you are." And the Mavs still think of themselves as a Western Conference Final team, and I understand they are. And to be fair to Kid, I should say he does deserve longer of a leash than this, but I don't see it as. He deserves longer of a leash, but, but it's like you, you have to you have to kind of answer the question yeah. of do you think Jason Kidd is why they made the Western Conference but Finals? At one point in time, the Mavs were being out rebounded 30 to 13 in this game. Ooh. That is that is nothing but effort. Like you can say whatever, and yeah. I get that that That's true. is a good rebounder and that Bagley's a solid rebounder and that Jalen Duran and stuff, but this is the NBA. And to go along with that, I tweeted this in the middle of the game, which I don't really use Twitter that much, but JaVale McGee. It would be wonderful if we had signed someone that was, you know, going to prevent us from being manhandled on the boards and stuff like that. This is a JaVale McGee game. If he can't box, which I know he didn't play and they made that decision before the the game, but he plays nine minutes a game. How does he need rest? Like, what what sense does that even make? Like, this was a pure rest game for JaVale McGee. And it's weird because it's a pure rest game in a game that's a good matchup for him in the sense that they have guys like – it, it's predictable that we were going to get pounded on the boards. And that's specifically what you brought him in for is for guys like Kevon Looney who pounded us on the boards in the playoffs. And then guys like Isaiah Stewart, who are going to just outwork you on the boards. And he played basically none against Looney and the warriors and absolutely none tonight. And I, 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 I fully admit I was one of a whole one person on the Mavs set on the Mavs Moneyball staff. That was like, I want JaVale McGee. So I, uh, you wanted, but, but what you wanted was not in, in, in defense to everyone involved here, what the Mavericks decided that they needed to do was to fix their rebounding problem. That is a good thing to identify. It's that you went and got a really not good player to do it and then gave it. And so it's like, that is what it is. But like the, 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 and then just, just, just not play at this point, he can't be played. And it's like, it's so painful. It's really uncomfortable at this point because I don't like, um, I don't like, like, th- this is not fun for me. You know, being this kind of right is not any amount of fun. Like, like the other night, like that game was just so much fun to talk about. And, and now we're back here. Like, cause they've like, like, like they've already lost. I need to go look at the, the, um, who they bought. Cause it's rockets, pistons, Oklahoma city, who and else the Pistons they didn't have to? their best player. Like it adds to the Nuggets without everyone. They lost so so they've lost to almost of the worst teams in the league, like right now. They have lost to Oklahoma City, 
Orlando, Houston, um, and now Detroit. Truly horrendous and, losses. And Detroit didn't have their best player. Like, continuing no. the other trend. Cade Cunningham, nope. not playing. Uh, it's just... It, it, you run out of things to say because I mean I listen I listen to you and Josh when you talk and everything and I know I was pretty despondent last time I'm not even like really upset now it's like I'm I'm really not that mad it's just I, I'm starting to just be this is just who they are and uh, you have to adjust your expectations accordingly which is Luca's superhuman that's that's what's super sad about this game is I mean Luca came out Luca had 28 and this was one of the games where his where his three was falling. And he just did some crazy stuff. I mean, he was two of six from the free throw line, which the Mavs as a team, that's the next thing we need to talk about. The Mavs as a team have to get better at the free throw line. They have 17 bajillion coaches. As far as I know, they bring back the same free throw coach every year. They haven't been a good free throw shooting team since Dirk was here, um, which that was more Dirk and Jason Terry being great. Well, the free throws throws is almost its whole, we could have a whole podcast about that because as a team, like Luca, I want to say before tonight over the previous five games, he was shooting 57% from the line. Like yeah, we've got it. We people are gonna hate this because people do not like Luka Doncic criticism. Nearly all, almost all of the the Maverick free throw woes falls to Luka because he shoots the most of them. He's shooting eleven a game, and right now he's missing. You know, on the season he's missing three, but as of late he's he's missing four out of every ten. Like that, you cannot win well, games yeah. doing that. Well, it's him and him and Wood shoot all the free throws, and they're yeah. both basically sixty percent free throw shooters right now. Which, I mean, you've just you got to do it. I always joke about Luca that he's like a video game character, and sure. he only has enough points on his slider to be good at threes or free throws at the same time. He, yep. he can't be good at at both. And I mean, his threes have gone back up, which means he can't shoot free throws. But at some point in his career, and I am a huge put on the cake for Luca. None of this is Luca's fault. Um, at, at some point, he's got he's he's got to be able to make free throws just because he is so good at getting to the free throw line. He is so amazing. And it's not fair to himself. It's not fair to his talent to leave that many points out there because th- this game, with all of the other BS that they did and getting out rebounded by a million and everything, if they shoot eighty percent at the free throw line, which an NBA team honestly should shoot pretty close to that, they shoot 80 percent at the free throw line, they win this game. Like for for everything else, if everything else is equal, they do that. And I also want to say, because I've seen this from a couple of people that I respect and think highly of, um, you know, I get that the two Killian Hayes threes at the ends are outliers and that at some point that, you know, there's not a whole lot you can necessarily do about that. The answer to that is to be far enough ahead before that that they don't matter. (laughs) These are the Pistons. The Pistons suck. That's the answer. Like generally when you talk about like one, when I'm, you know, throwing a, a fit about you know one call at the end of the game and say the ref shouldn't matter in this game which I'm, I'm not at all complaining about the rest in this game but if it, like Killian Hayes making two shots if it's close enough to matter that is where you screwed up not giving up the two Killian Hayes shots and I just they don't take stuff seriously enough and they just think they're going to blow people out and especially today when you had Luca and Tim both come out on fire and they're tied at the end of the first quarter I was like well that's that's not good it's really not. It's really not. I mean, if there's any positive stuff to sort of take away from this one, it is nice to see Timmy hit some shots. Um, I'm not sure what it means, but they can trade know. him. Hopefully, if he if he does it long enough, they can trade him. That's what it means. 
that that is the goal. And and I am happy for Tim though. Like I, from everything that I know, um, Tim is Tim seems like a really good human being. Seems like a really good guy, and uh, I am very happy for him. And and I mean the point of this, I, I bring this up a lot, and I'll bring it up now, even though you know this is a disappointing game. The point of being a fan is to enjoy it. Yeah, part of it's to be upset when you're upset and all that good stuff. But the point of being a fan is to see stuff and enjoy it. And it's fun to see Tim do well. So I am happy for that, and you know, hopefully that's something they can carry forward. If the, I mean, you're right, it's hard to try to pull something positive away from this game, but if they can get him going, that that does have long-term, you know, effects other than just if they trade him because he is a volume three-point shooter, and they do need that. Well, that's enough of that. I'm gonna hop on Spotify Live. Um, you didn't. You shouldn't do any plays of the game because there were none. Uh, <laughs> if I do a play of the game, it will be a gaffe of the game, and it will be Maxi missing the dunk layup thing at the end because it was. Uh, oh, that's that was that was rough, and I hate to do that because, like I said, Maxi played his butt off defensively tonight, trying to take up for. But one guy can't defend a whole team, and that's pretty much what he ended up doing. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's that. We'll see everybody Saturday after they play the Knicks. Hopefully, everybody uh, ready for that one because. If they don't win that one, things are going to get real dark. It, it can get worse, guys. Just just so everybody knows. It can get a lot worse. Kirk Henderson and Matt Phillips, thanks for hanging out. Talk to you soon. <laughs>